The Miami Hurricanes are not done yet in this transfer portal cycle, and there's a new target available at wide receiver. Let's get him. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. If nothing else, you've got to admire my optimism, right? Because no matter how many transfer portal receivers Miami swings and misses on, every time the next guy steps up to the plate... I'm optimistic all over again, okay? Because I love the newest target who has entered the transfer portal. And, you know, I think people forget the transfer portal is open for another week, right? Uh, You know, a lot of people thought, hey, if they haven't gotten in the portal by mid-December, they're not getting in the portal. A lot of players have been trickling into that transfer portal. Damian Alford from Syracuse has hit the portal. He 1,000% fits the prototype of the outside wide receiver that I would like to bring to the Miami Hurricanes. Damian Alford, six foot six, 211 pounds, and he's got two years of eligibility left, which is also nice, right? Because Miami has brought in some graduate transfers like the defensive linemen they brought in, Branson Dean and Thomas Gore. They brought in some guys like Matt Lee and Francisco Maui Goa, Devontae Brown, who have multiple years of eligibility. Javon Cohen has multiple years of eligibility. Uh, Damian Alford has two years of eligibility left transferring from Syracuse. He had a really good year last year. And something that I like about Damian Alford is not only does he have that six foot six size, which makes him just a really tough matchup for corners. And he's got the catch radius and the long reach. He can go up and grab contested balls. But he's also a big play threat. So he's not just a possession guy, not by a long shot. He caught 20 passes for 429 yards last year. Both of those were career highs, you know, compared to his freshman season. Uh, And he averaged a team high 20 yards per catch last year. He was the Orange's top big play receiver last year, Damian Alford. So I would love to bring this young man to the 305. I would love it. And there is a South Florida tie for him. In a roundabout way, there is a South Florida tie. So Damian Alford, he's Canadian originally. He was born in the Montreal area. But, you know, as a lot of foreign players do, once they reach that point where they want to get noticed by American universities, he came to the United States and he played, uh, he finished his high school career playing at MacArthur High School in Hollywood. So he's got a South Florida area connection. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, class of 2019. You could probably say he's maybe outplaying his three-star status a little bit, which is great. You like to see players develop in a positive trend and not lose stock once they get to college. Um, And something that I'm interested in, and I'm going to do a little bit more research on this to see how this might work for Alford, Um, since he's Canadian – Um, I'm assuming he's a Canadian citizen, uh, but since he's Canadian, 
probably makes it tougher for him to get NIL deals under normal circumstances. Because under normal circumstances, there are ways around this, but only few are able to achieve this. Under normal circumstances, foreign uh, citizen players have a tough time getting NIL deals because of the way the rules work. But there are some exceptions to that. And John Ruiz has been one of the few NIL providers, uh, and it helps that he's a lawyer. Uh, He's found ways to legally provide NIL deals to foreigners. He was able to do that for Lou Headley, for example. So citizens of other countries, are, are they have a difficult time getting eligible for NIL under normal circumstances, but uh, there are ways around it if you have the resources to do it. So that's something I'm just, I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm kind of spitballing on this one. The fact that Damian Alford is Canadian, uh, that might make Miami even more attractive because Miami has found uh, ways to to help with NIL deals for players from other countries who normally have a difficult time with that. So I would love to see if that could be a factor here. And yes, when we're talking about wide receivers, outside receivers, that's an area of need for your Miami Hurricanes. And it's an area where they have been aggressively pursuing targets in the transfer portal with no success so far. Miami missed out on another target yesterday. They had an offer out there, never even got a visit from this player, but they had an offer to Andrell Anthony out of Michigan. You know, remember, Josh Gaddis recruited him to high school, but, you know, unsuccessfully recruited him to transfer for Miami. Uh, So Andrell Anthony committed to the Oklahoma Sooners over the Miami Hurricanes and many others. So within the last two days, Miami has missed out on Dante Thornton out of Oregon, who was recruited by Mario, and Andrell Anthony. Dante Thornton committed to Tennessee on Monday and then Anthony to OU on Tuesday. Uh, you know, I would love to uh, to have a chance at J. Michael Sturdivant from Cal, but there doesn't seem to be any Miami buzz for him whatsoever. Uh, he had a big uh, redshirt freshman season last year. So um, from everything I'm told and for everything I understand, um, Alford from Syracuse, who just entered the portal yesterday, uh, we can expect him to be a target for the Miami Hurricanes. And I was trying to do a little bit of digging from what's being written about Alford, like from his point of view. I think it's too soon to say which schools he might be considering or favoring. I don't think he's been like publicizing any of his offers yet, the way that some players, you don't have to do it, but some of the players in the transfer portal, every time they get an offer, they tweet about it, they make it public. Uh, I haven't, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anything about who's offered Alford and who he might be interested in. But uh, I, I strongly believe Miami would be interested in Damian Alford. Okay. Um, Miami also missed, I mean, if you say missed out, um, I, there was never really any link with this player, but another transfer receiver that went somewhere else was Isaac Tesla from Hillsdale college was very sought after he committed to Arkansas. Uh, I never really saw Miami even being in the race for him, but his name did get brought up a lot by our listeners and our viewers because like people would always ask me, what about Tesla? What about Tesla? I I never saw any links to Miami and he, he is committed to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, We get a tweet from one of our viewers. And by the way, you can always tweet us at locked on canes. If you tweet the show, we might read your question or comment on the show. Uh, if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. John tweets to, uh, to, tweets to us. He says, hey, you're always talking about big receivers being in need for 2023, but you never mention four-star, six-foot-four, 205-pound freshman wide receiver Isaiah Horton. 
Give him a chance, John says. And you know what, John? That is fair. You know, Horton, I know he had some good moments and practices last year, and he does have the type of size that I crave for outside wide receivers. 6'4", you know, 205 is probably closer to 210 by now. He's going to be a redshirt freshman this coming season is Horton. He only played in the Virginia Tech game last year, caught one pass for six yards last season. Um, I hope Isaiah Horton can develop, right? I hope Miami's wide receiver coach can find a way to develop him. Uh, you know, and elsewhere, I also hope that Colby Young, who I love, has a consistently dominant year this year after looking dominant in a couple of games last season because Colby Young had a couple of big games last year wasn't consistent, but Miami's offense was so inconsistent. I don't know if you blame Colby Young on, on any of that. Uh, and I also think Jacoby George can be a serious playmaker. You know, George was barely a factor last year because he was battling injuries and suspensions all through the season. So uh, I'm glad John reminded me of the fact that just because Miami certainly does need more of a punch and they need more depth at, out, at outside receiver doesn't mean they don't have some players currently on the roster with some potential. So I would like to see them reach that potential. And then obviously, uh, you know, when you talk about the smaller, shiftier guys and the slot guys, I love Xavier Restrepo. Uh, I'm a fan of Brashard Smith. And I, I adore the freshmen that are coming in. Uh, I, Ray Ray Joseph, uh, I think, is going to be one of the more underrated recruits in the entire country when you see what this guy's going to do over the next few years. Robbie Washington, same thing, does not get talked about enough. So it's not all gloom and doom at receiver, but... I know Miami's looking for more. They're looking for more outside guys, and I hope we can get this done. Boy, I can't wait to talk about what we have to talk about next. Have you guys seen the drama in Gainesville? Where's Jaden Rashada? Can anyone find Jaden Rashada? We will talk about that and more next here on Locked on Canes. Guys, I hope you're having an awesome 2023 so far on Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, although we just put a bow on that. But guys, I'm on there checking out soccer games. I'm on there checking out NHL, pro basketball. They've got it all at BetOnline. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Guys, I'm on Bet Online every single day. Trust me, you want to be on here. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, so this is, this is a crazy story, guys. Uh, uh, th this is basically another Cormani McLean situation, but th this is way more dramatic because this guy signed a national letter of intent. Cormani McLean hasn't done that yet. So Jaden Rashada, the now five-star quarterback out of Pittsburgh, California, you remember over the summer, Rashada committed to Miami over Florida. Miami beat Florida to Rashada. And then in, I think it was in November, Rashada flips to Florida Signs his national letter of intent on early signing day with the Florida Gators. But now, as Florida, the University of Florida has begun their classes this week, spring semester, Jaden Rashada has not enrolled at Florida. He has not enrolled. And initially, initially, when the news started to trickle out in the morning yesterday, Florida was trying to spin it 
and play it off as an administrative issue, like, you know, something with his, you know, his high school transcripts, hasn't been able to enroll yet. But um, I, I was in touch with uh, with a, a colleague of mine uh, through one of the networks I work with who covers the, the Florida Gators that there was more to it than that. And that started to leak out throughout the day. Uh, this issue, my understanding here, my understanding is the issue that has kept Jaden Rashada to this point from enrolling at the University of Florida, it relates to NIL deal, NIL money, NIL paperwork, that that is why he has not uh, enrolled with Florida. And it's it's such a big issue that that they are having his camp and, you know, whatever collective he, he's dealing with there. Apparently, the issue is is at such a standoff that the people I talk to are not expecting him to be a Gator. They are not. I never completely rule that out because he did sign the national letter of intent. And, you know, there's ways around everything. Uh, you know, national letters of intent, they're, they're quote unquote binding agreements. But uh, I think he could technically leave Florida by entering the transfer portal. And that's probably what he'll end up doing here that Jaden Rashada might not end up being a Gator. So this is this has just been a crazy story that he's likely not to honor his national letter of intent. And I'm already I'm already seeing this question being brought up on Kane's Twitter and on some of the message boards that I lurk in and on our uh by the way, make sure you guys uh follow uh my All Hurricanes uh, what is it called? Discord. We have a Discord server and a Discord chat. So, you know, if you chat with us at uh, at Locked on Canes on Twitter, on All Hurricanes on Discord. There's a lot of different conversations we're having. Uh, I, I see people wondering, hey, like, you know, does Miami circle the wagons again for Rashada? He was part of the 2023 class up until November when he flipped to Florida. Is there any chance he decides to come back to Miami? Um, guys, I think the ship has sailed there. Unfortunately for him, I think the way he and his camp handled his original commitment to Miami and, you know, right before he flipped, he he called in, quote unquote, sick to uh, to an NIL obligation. Then he ghosted Miami for a while before flipping to Florida. Uh, that likely left a bad taste in everyone's mouth down here. I don't know if there's any coming back from that. And also, I think Miami really likes Emory Williams because they did. Let's not forget, they did bring in a quarterback in this class. And Emory Williams had a really good final high school season. And I think his stock has only been rising even further since he and Rashada both committed to Miami back in the summer. So uh, I think Miami is all in in the Emory Williams business, and they don't necessarily need to bring in another class here, not to mention Rashada with all the Miami baggage he has. Uh, and also, listen, I think Miami would uh, prefer to fill their locker room with players who bring the least amount of drama possible. Now, they're still trying to get Cormani McLean. There's been some drama surrounding him. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if the drama, it doesn't help Rashada's cause. It only hurts Rashada's cause. So I wish him the best, especially since it really feels to me from covering Rashada since last summer, it really feels to me like the drama of his recruitment is mostly coming from outside sources. Let's not forget we're talking about an 18-year-old young man, barely an adult, right? I mean, he's, you know, he just graduated high school and he did so early. Okay, so we're talking about a really, really young guy. And it seems like the drama that comes with him has a lot to do with family members 
and entourage and lawyers, not necessarily from him. I mean, the guy probably just wants to play football, but these days, college football is a business. There's a lot of other considerations and a lot of other people you have to work with to get to that. So as far as where Rashada could end up, if he does indeed uh, never enroll at Florida and he either finds a way out of his national letter of intent or hits the transfer portal, the early buzz that I hear is that he could end up in Colorado. Two people have told me to watch out for Coach Prime and the Buffaloes here. Uh, I also personally, I wonder if he could end up at Oregon. Like Oregon was one of the front runners for him before it came down to Florida versus Miami. Before it was Florida versus Miami, it was Oregon versus Florida versus Miami. So, uh, you know, with Oregon having lost Dante Moore from this class, I wonder if Rashada could end up there. So that's something that we have to look at. Now, as far as rumors and reports surrounding uh, Miami Hurricanes assistant coaches, and we, we talked a lot about that stuff yesterday. Now, I know everyone is trying to replace Miami's offensive coordinator. At this moment, Miami still has an offensive coordinator. Josh Gaddis is still the offensive coordinator of the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, I got a tweet from our pal Salty, who's one of our awesome uh, viewers at Locked on Canes. He said, hey, were you aware that Mario called coaches, some of which were on vacation, back from meetings today, which was yesterday? He gave me the eyes emoji. Uh, I, th I think it was Manny Navarro who reported that. And listen, that it gets everybody's attention, right? Like, it, is Mario calling coaches back from vacations early to have meetings? Uh, were they actually called back early or were they just coming back from vacation? There's a lot we don't know about this, guys. And I'm not doubting that the meeting took place because, first of all, Manny Navarro is one of the best reporters in the business. Most anything that dude says is gospel in my book, all right? He's he's one of the good ones out there, okay? But when you talk about calling coaches in for meetings, that doesn't necessarily mean he's bringing people in to announce changes or to fire anybody or talking about firing anybody. You know, that could simply be, you know, the the spring semester is going to be starting at Miami in a few days. I think it starts next Monday or, or Tuesday. It starts early next week. So he might be bringing coaches in to kind of get ready for the offseason program. Or let's not forget, transfer portal is always going on for another week. And early or late signing day, February 1st, National Signing Day is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, if he's calling coaches back from vacations, if he's having them report back, could it involve staff changes? Maybe, but it could also involve formulating your offseason plan, formulating your final recruiting push before National Signing Day. There's a lot we don't know. Like him calling coaches in doesn't necessarily mean anybody's getting the axe, all right? I mean, it, it could mean that, may not mean that, probably doesn't mean that, all right? Wow, did you see who Florida State hired as their defensive backs coach? <laughs> First of all, heck of a hire. And second of all, the person who Florida State hired to coach their DBs, it's got some Miami fans a little bit concerned about what that could mean on the recruiting trail. So we will talk about that and more coming up next year on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So the Florida State Seminoles, they have filled their vacant defensive backs coaching position. And um, I know some Hurricanes fans take who they hired as bad news. I take it as good news because 
the fact that they hired someone who's not DeMarcus Van Dyke means they're not poaching DeMarcus Van Dyke away from Miami, which a lot of Florida State fans wanted, and it's been rumored over the last couple of weeks. I've told you I think DVD was solid with the Canes, and yeah, I still think he's solid to stay at Miami, uh, but they hire Patrick Sertan, senior, of course. Patrick Sertan, former Miami Dolphins legend, is now the defensive backs coach for Florida State. Uh, you know, he's, first of all, one of the great cornerbacks in Miami Dolphins history. I grew up watching Pat Sertan. He's a stud. And he he's a proven coach and a proven developer. When you look at his work that he did with American Heritage as their head coach, and American Heritage, it's like, it's defensive back you. I mean, that no nobody, you know, and, and a lot of that had to do with Patrick Sertan's time there. You know, nobody develops and coaches up cornerbacks and defensive backs better than American Heritage. And, you know, so he's going to bring that pedigree to Florida State. We I mean, look at the success he had with his own son, for example. Um, now, the thing I think that makes Hurricanes fans freak out even more than the development factor, because Sertan, he's a darn good coach, but the possibility of what Sertan can do on the recruiting trail. American Heritage Connections, South Florida Connections. What impact would Sertan have on recruiting? Because up to this point under Mike Norvell, um, you know, all due respect to Florida State because they crush it in the transfer portal. And yeah, their team right now is a lot better than Miami's team, all right? But at the same time, under Mike Norvell, Florida State hasn't really had the success recruiting South Florida high schools and South Florida players the way that they did in, in the old days, right? So would Pat Sertan help change that? Uh, now, he does um, – well, I should say he doesn't have any background as a college recruiter. It's not something he's ever done. And you know, he was at American Heritage as their head coach for five years. He actually spent the last year – as an assistant defensive backs coach with the Miami Dolphins. He was back at the crib. Uh, he and Sam Madison were working together there. So yeah, as a Dolphin fan, I hate to lose him from the Dolphin staff. As a Hurricanes fan, I hate to see him at Florida State, but it is what it is. Uh, but so, you know, Pat Sertan, one thing he doesn't have is any track record whatsoever as a recruiter. Like, he's unproven. We don't know. We don't know what Sertan can do on the recruiting trail because he's never been on that side of it, Okay. Uh, but he has experienced recruiting from the other side of it as a high school coach, right? Because the high school coaches, they interact a ton with the college coaches who are out there on the trail. So they see the type of work that goes into it from one side of it. He's now going to be on the other side of that. So listen, um, all I can say is it seems like a great hire for Florida State because, you know, we know he can develop talent and he can develop cornerbacks, Um I'm not going to panic over the recruiting side of it as a Miami fan, because first of all, um, you know, everybody's recruiting this area. You're always going to have hot competition for South Florida players because it's one of the richest, most fertile recruiting grounds in the entire country. So, you know, if it wasn't Patrick Sertan, it's going to be someone else. There's always people trying to come in and steal as many South Florida players as possible. He is unproven as a recruiter. So, I'm just going to say congratulations, Florida State, because I think it's a great hire. But at the same time, I am relieved that they didn't poach DeMarcus Van Dyke. So now, you know all we need to do. Mario, Mario, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, please promote DVD. Give Coach DeMarcus Van Dyke an on-field role. The man deserves it. He's a stud on the recruiting trail, okay? Oh, how about this for an update? Did you see who Miami has filled up their schedule with? 
So we have all the opponents finalized now for the 2023 season. There was one open date left. And Miami, for their 2023 football schedule, they filled that opening with Bethune-Cookman. That was first reported by Susan Miller-Degnan from the Miami Herald. So the Canes are going to face Ed Reed. Ed Reed, who just left his chief of staff role at Miami to become the head coach at Bethune-Cookman University, Hurricanes are going to face Ed Reed in his debut season. And, you know, he took over Bethune-Cookman because they, they've they gone 3-9 and nine the last couple of years. They made a coaching change. They want to bring in someone like Reed to flip over that culture, change the culture there. Because Bethune-Cookman was uh, used to be a pretty – solid uh you know pretty solid uh division two program pretty solid hbcu program but they've fallen on hard times they want ed reed to turn the program around remember miami opened against bethune last year they beat bethune cookman 70 to 13 in the opening game so we'll see what coach reed can do with that team this year but miami is going to be facing bethune cookman so we are not going to have to wait long to see ed reed on an opposing sideline it is going to happen next year so that is super super interesting so, my friends, uh, if you could help us out, we're always trying to grow the show, and we've been growing the show tremendously over the past uh, – we've only been doing this for nine months on Locked on Canes. Nine months since we had the audio version, eight months since we had the video version. So, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can always help us out by smashing the like button. Hit the thumbs up button. It's completely free. Subscribe to our channel, also completely free. And if you listen to an audio version of Locked on Canes, and you can get us – on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google, wherever you get your pods, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you could take a few seconds out of your day to hit a five-star rating for us, hit five stars. And if you could take like another 30 seconds to leave us a nice five-star review and write a little something about the show, we appreciate that as well. So, all right, my friends, hopefully in the coming days, we get some good news about Miami's pursuit of Syracuse transfer wide receiver Damian Alford, six foot six, two eleven, two years of eligibility left, twenty yards per catch last year. Bring this guy from the orange to the orange and green. Can we do that? We will talk to you next time on another episode of Locked On Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. And actually, after you make us your first listen, be sure to make our brand new show on this network, Locked On College Basketball, your second listen. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on all of the, on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you next time on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.